Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Presented by DraftKings, we say hello and happy holidays. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson there at the D, downtown Las Vegas. We'll get to the boys right away as we've got a lot to do on today's program. Uh, of course, he had a 2017 winner for a desperate Seattle team over maybe the more interesting side here, the Eagles, who have now dropped three straight. We'll touch on that to start the show. John Morant makes his return tonight, just four on the NBA would, but Morant back from that. 25-game suspension. Is it too little too late for Memphis? We shall see. We've got a bunch across the college basketball landscape. Of course, you do have a bowl game today. If you're looking to get your handicap straight for the bowl games, UTSA and Marshall coming up tonight. Remember, vcin.com, Adam Burke, who is going to be joining us, maybe forlorningly, but he will join us later as he's knocked out of Survivor. I just still can't believe that bum for our guy, Berkey, but they're putting on a good product over at vcin.com. Everything you need to know about every bowl game, go check it out. You can download the bull guy for free as well. Elsewhere, we're going to get into quarterbacks in week 16. There's been a lot of movement, but we do start here, boys, as I say hi to Omal and Dustin officially. We start here, and that is Seattle with Drew Locke and JSN. 28 seconds left. A beautiful catch. I mean, he caught it like the last inch of the football there in the end zone. Seattle was going nuts. They stay alive in the playoff race. Remember, AFC, you're going to have to get to 10 wins. You want to get in. If you look at the NFC boys, you take a look like this. Dallas, that was a business trip to Buffalo. They're going to be the five seed. And then you've got the NFC South. The winner there is going to get one of those seeds. So really, it comes down to one spot. And, you know, you're probably looking at the Vikings, the Rams sitting at seven and seven and eight and seven team. In other words, most likely going to get in in the NFC. Uh, well, did I do the math correctly? A nine and seven team? No. Uh, help me. A nine and eight team. I'm all yeah. Shaw. That's what it is. I'm still on the 16 game schedule. I believe a nine and eight team is going to get in in the NFC. How are we doing today? 
Doing well. You know what, listen, I know everybody in Philadelphia is alarmed about their Eagles, but Patrick, you look at the last couple of games, and the reality of it is they were playing two teams that were in desperate mode. Philly needed to know, excuse me, Dallas mentally needed to know they could beat the Eagles, but remember, they still control their own destiny in that division, and then the Seattle Seahawks are fighting for their playoff lives. If they went to 6-8 and eight yesterday, it would have been very difficult to see a scenario where they were able to get into the postseason, so for me, I'm not really concerned about Philadelphia. I know a lot of people are pointing to the fact that they've lost three in a row. The Niners have pretty much wrapped up the top spot. Even if they lose to the Ravens, it's probably unlikely that they lose two games out of their final three games. So the one spot's going to go to the Niners. Philadelphia, twice against the Giants and once against the Cardinals. I don't know if you could literally draw three better games if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you factor in travel to the Meadowlands as a bus ride over. You know, I'm going to take the counterpoint on the Eagles. I think they're a broken team, and I'll lay it out. Uh, I think it's good to have two viewpoints here, big guy, as we say hi to Dustin Sweetelson. I'll go the other way with the Eagles. We were sitting at 10-1, and one, and I'm not even talking about, you're right, with the three straight losses. I'm not talking about those. What I go back to is the loss at the Jets, where I'm just watching that, and, of course, I bet on it, so better's remorse here, Dustin. But I'm watching the Eagles, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. You know, the Patricia move did feel desperate to me. This is a dude, again, orchestrated a terrible team in Detroit, 6-10, and 3-12-1, and 4-7 before he was fired. Nobody likes him. He got a minute 24 to play. The Eagles, of course, defensively, they've got no push up front. They've got the worst secondary going right now with injuries. And you've got no timeouts and Drew Locke, and you give up a touchdown. It, it, to me... Right now, the vibes are terrible with the Eagles. I felt like the play at week 15 to go to the defensive coordinator that was kind of lingering in the background was a little bit of desperation. And if you look at what Gannon and Steichen are doing, Gannon's team in Arizona, at least they're playing hard, and Steichen, who was running the offense there for the Eagles, eight wins with a backup quarterback. There's a lot going on is what I'm trying to say. Welcome to the show, Dustin Sweetelson. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot going against them, and one of those aspects is me because, uh, let's see, I bet Kirk Cousins to win the MVP, tore his Achilles two weeks later. I bet Tyreek to win the MVP. He got hurt, hurt his ankle, missed most of a game, missed the whole next game. I bet the Eagles. They have now lost twice since I bet them, and I bet Christian McCaffrey last week to an MVP, so that means he's definitely getting hurt this week. I am very concerned about the Eagles. When you look through the schedule, it's 8-1 score wins. Also, last year, they won a lot of really close ball games by just making one or two plays late. And for some reason, we decided to say that the Minnesota Vikings were a team due for regression because they won so many one-score games. But we didn't say that about these Eagles, that they just have a grit. They have a way of finding a way. And they did it all the way to the Super Bowl, so that means they're more legit than the Vikings. And I think they're being exposed right now. And Jalen Hurts, as a quarterback, desperately misses what Shane Steichen was dialing up because now Shane Steichen is winning with Gardner freaking Minshew. And Jalen Hurts looks like a guy that maybe shouldn't have gotten paid. I, I like the points you both have raised about Philadelphia, and I think they're accurate and correct. And you mentioned the Vikings, Dustin. I like that comparison last year. But I think pedigree and knowing how to win has to be taken into consideration. And that's what the Eagles have been able to do the last couple of years. They were fortunate in that early game against the Commanders at home. Thought Ron Rivera should have gone for two in that one. Really put the Eagles to the test in that one. Patrick, you referenced that game against the Jets. I thought that one was on Jalen Hurts. The bad interception late in the game leading to the Jets winning that football game. Last night, two more interceptions. He's got a league-leading 17 turnovers so far this year, 12 INTs, eight fumbles, five that have actually been recovered by the defense so far. So all those things are a little bit of a factor. But guys, for me, when I look at it, 
this was a gauntlet. I, I don't know, you know, if we look historically, maybe it's not the most challenging time of all time, but to play the teams that they faced off against, the Cowboys have a bye week at the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys again on the road on Monday night football, Sunday night and Monday night road games. I, I don't think it's an easy task. I still think this team is probably... And in my estimation, you guys probably disagree, the second best team in the NFC, but I think there's a great separation between San Francisco and everybody else in the rear view mirror right now. I would still bet the Niners at minus 120 to win the NFC. The road is going to go through Santa Clara. I think the Eagles wind up with the two seed, which will benefit them immensely, having to be able to host that home game. That, that'll work out well for them. By the time we're sitting here on January 8th, it'll be 2024, we're going to have a very bright conversation about the Eagles because they would have won three straight. They've got the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants to close out the year. So they're going to go on a three-game run here. That's, well, I should say Arizona remembers shocker over Dallas early in the year. But the assumption is the Eagles are going to win out, which would add credence to a mall's take. Here's, I want to go back to something you guys said, and that's Jalen Hurts. Something's off. Now, we do have the clip where he's talking about the commitment. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was on with the Manning brothers, and he was calling the plays. Okay, he was like projecting and predicting what plays were coming for the Eagles. I think it was Orlovsky that said they're running essentially four plays right now. That goes to what Dustin said about missing Steichen right now. And it's also just, I added up over the last three. And you mentioned it was a gauntlet. It was San Francisco, it was Dallas, and it was Seattle in desperation. But here's Hertz over his last three. He had two picks in the fourth last night. He was 26 of 45, 18 of 27, 17 of 31. So he's completion percentage-wise, under 60%, right around 59%. And the body language, it's nebulous. So you have to be careful with this. I don't know how to read it. But he just looks a little off. And Dustin, you want to set up his comments after the game? Yeah, you know, he made a comment during one of his answers that he doesn't think the team is committed enough right now. So then a reporter did a really good job and followed up asking what he means by that. I've been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're all we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed or not? Commitment. I don't know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess how are you seeing that present itself? It's just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects. And, you know, it, it starts with me. Well, I'm... Sad. And for those that are driving and not watching us here on VEASAN, presented by DraftKings, that was Jalen Hurts. He was standing at a podium, not laying in bed. And that was directly after the game. I, I that, didn't was, he, that was – if, if everybody loves Jalen Hurts, there's no reason not to. That was freaking weird. His, his, weird. Was his, that after the loss in the wild card? <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird. His like, tone was like of someone laying but in bed he's, FaceTiming he's a smart with a girl. Kid. He, knows, he knows what he's doing. He's a smart. If that's a vibe of a team that's 10 and what, four? Yeah. That's weird. 
That is a that's one of the weirder clips we played on the show. Do do you think maybe some of it comes from and the criticism may not be of his um his coworkers and it might be of the management of the uh, the Eagles and by management I Are mean Are you saying Sirianni's a donk? Donk Sirianni is being exposed at the moment and he's realizing I played for Nick Saban. I played for Lincoln Riley. These guys are football geniuses compared to Nick freaking Sirianni. And I got this donk giving the finger to the Chiefs while they're celebrating the Super Bowl last year. And now he lost the two guys, Gannon and Steichen, who made us what we were, which was the NFC champions a year ago. And he can't figure out a way to get us back there. I, I, I will say one thing about Jalen Hurts. Is he not as good as he got hyped up to be last year? Because I was not a fan no. of his coming out of Oklahoma. No. I'm just saying, is he not as he, good as everybody thinks? You can he is? scheme no, him I, up. He's been, he's been like, kind of the idea that his number in the MVP market is even available. He's been horrible. Now I'm all set. It three games, tough competition. They just scored 17 points against Seattle's defense. Seattle's defense stinks. We'll come back and continue to dig into this Eagles issue. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This 
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network, presented by DraftKings as we welcome you back. Happy holidays. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in our buddy Colin Thompson, of course, a former NFL tight end, Sirius XM NFL radio host, does a great job at Colin Thompson TU on Twitter. Also, not for long media. Got a bunch of different great shows, including the Colin Thompson Show, Tori Smith Podcast, and others. As we say hi and happy holidays, Colin, thanks for joining. I want to start with your former team for a couple of reasons. One, nobody was at the stadium in Carolina, but they kept battling, and they beat Atlanta. I don't think Desmond Ritter can ever start a game ever again in the NFL. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, the pick. They're up one, seven minutes to go, deep in Carolina territory, battling for the postseason, and he throws a horrific pick. It's going to be Heineke this week. Yeah, that's a tough play there. I, I just give tons of props to Carolina. I play with those guys. That's a more talented roster than people think. I know that's a crazy thought with how things have gone this year. But the cupboard wasn't bare when Frank Wright took over that team. And they've obviously moved a lot of assets to get that quarterback. But at the end of the day, like tons of props to what, you know, Chris Tabor and their team are doing there because listen, that's not easy to do. I've been a part of that. I've been a part of those locker rooms for a long time. And what Tabes did as a special teams coach calling a timeout. So the punter Mm -hmm. would be able to kick into the wind before the field got flipped and like little things running the clock down at the end of the game for a walk-off win and his first win as a head coach, like that's a really big deal. And I hope he gets opportunities to be head coach, hopefully in Carolina or elsewhere, because special teams coaches don't get enough juice. It's always the hot coordinator, but, but if you bring in a special teams guy, they're going to empower other people, build it the right way. In my opinion, I'm a huge Chris Tabor fan. I want to kind of stay on the Carolina theme, but go to the collegiate level. Matt Rule was there previously in Carolina. You played for him. Tell me a little bit about his personality and then his ability to get former NFL longtime veteran of the Lions, Dominic Riola's son, Dylan Riola, who was a Georgia commit, a team that's won two national titles in the last three years, to go to a program that's just hoping to be bowl eligible. Well, I'll say this about Nebraska first. They lost their last four games, I think, by like six points. Yeah. So especially in that big 10 West, they're right in the heart of things. So they're like, they're not that far away from like eight or nine win team. I know you could say that about a lot of teams, especially in the NFL, but in college, again, especially in the big 10 West is not the, it's not the East. Now I know teams are coming into it and that's subject to change, but Nebraska's turning in the right direction. Coach is a program builder. He always has been. I firmly believe if he was given the full time to get things done in Carolina, things would have changed and we would have turned the corner because there were some days where things were looking really good and we were super competitive and in games, but missing a player or two. Obviously, things have changed there in Carolina, but I love Coach Rule. He's going to be super relatable, first and foremost. Uh, I thought, and he's come out and said it too, like he did some things in Carolina that were completely normal, but they didn't work. And because he's a college coach, oh, that's a college thing. I mean, if you're a veteran of this league and you've played a lot, you do those things in other buildings. You hear about them happening in new England and Baltimore and Indianapolis when they were winning, like he was with the giants. So he gets a bad rap. I think uh, people get labeled as a college coach, but a lot of the things he did there were things I did in organizations from the XFL, the AAF all the way into the NFL. Colin Thompson does a great job. Sirius XM, not for long media, former NFL tight end joining us here. Sharp money. So when Rule got there to Carolina, you were there. His offensive coordinator at the time was Joe Brady. 
Let's transfer to Buffalo. They're humming right now, Colin. And it's a completely different team offensively. The identity's different. They're running the football. And your boy Joe Brady, that was he was let go by Carolina, gets another opportunity, and they're killing it. I'm smiling ear to ear for those that are listening and not viewing because when they moved on from their offensive coordinator, I said, man, this is going to be really good for Buffalo. And not that their offensive coordinator was not up to the job because obviously they have some pieces, but things have not gone wrong. I've gone right. But I know this. Joe Brady's got that old school Sean Payton him run the ball, get behind the big boys up front. He really does. That's where he learned. That's where he cut his teeth in this league was Saints, kind of like a low-level guy, coaching wideouts, I think he was. And then he get, found his way at LSU, the hot young coordinator. Was it Penn State? They won a national title at LSU. So I knew you are going to see some run game, but like a lot of the stuff Coach Rule believed in, Sean Payton believes in, so does Joe Brady. And he, I think he learned on them both through those two guys about running the football. And you saw that. I mean, you saw it in droves with Cook, a guy that everybody drafted this year in fantasy, but what was he? So you're starting to see what Joe wants to do. Like Josh Allen, awesome quote. Like, I, I hope this happens every game that I don't have to light up the scoreboard. Like he handed the ball off every play and he threw for 100 yards and you're telling me the Bills are going to blow out the Cowboys? Like what? You would never say that. So goes to show you, these these coaches that are defensive-minded like Sean McDermott, if you have the right coordinator, the right quarterback, Take the obvious thing, running the football, especially in this league where everybody wants to throw these good running football teams, man. They have a ton of success. Eagles have stumbled not running the ball. Kansas City, when they decide not to run the ball, they stumble, in my opinion. Uh, but you look at the Niners, big time running the football. Dolphins, big time running the football. Super impressive two teams offensively this year. You mentioned the Buffalo Bills. Their last loss came against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now the Eagles are kind of in a little bit of disarray. Is this just kind of a hiccup in the middle of the season with the tough gauntlet of games they've played? Or is there a larger factor and a concern if you're Nick Sirianni, you're Howie Roseman, and the Eagles? A million. I mean, that's the million-dollar question. I, I'm from Philadelphia. I understand the pressure, what it takes to, to play there. Uh, it's an amazing market. Uh, you would have thought the first 10 games of the season or whatever it was, they're the team that beat the NFL, and it's not even really close. There was times last year where they played perfect football games. There was time earlier this year where they played perfect football games. But they just haven't been able to put it together down that stretch, that really tough stretch there. So I think it's a little bit of the stretch. I think it revealed some of their weaknesses. I also think, kind of thought about this today, I think Jalen Hurts kind of graduated from that college spread <laughs> offense. I think... They need to get back up under center, do some Miami, do some Vikings offense, do the Rams, Niners, get him under center, not game manager. Please don't take it that way, but get him under center, play action pass, like old school football that's working really well in Houston. Like the whole, not everyone can move it like Mahomes and Allen and sit back and shotgun and just zip it around anymore. Like that's really hard to do. And I think some teams expose that. Uh, they run a lot of RPOs. They run a lot of lead draws. Like they just see what the defense does and take it instead of like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And you're going to have to stop it. So we'll see. Here's the thing. They're already in the dance. How are they going to arrive week one to the playoffs? It really doesn't matter. It would be nice to have some, you know, positivity going into the playoffs, but if they could show up veteran presence, won a lot of football games in that locker room, I think they got a shot to win the Super Bowl just like everybody else. Colin, we're going to play a little game. It's called Colin Thompson's MVP. I'm going to give you some names, and I'm not going to give you the odds. What I need from you is for you to tell me who is this year's MVP, okay? I'm just going to give you some names, 
and then I'll let you run with it. Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill. Some really good ones. I would say the Hill being hurt, he's out. Uh, Jalen didn't play well. He's not even on that list, but Jalen played on his way out of it. I think Dak had a tough one in Buffalo, a game that I'm sure everybody was watching. Brock Purdy, super, super interesting to me. Uh, but I'm going to have to give it to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think he <laughs> there you super, go. I think he's super dynamic. I think everything runs through him, and his numbers are still insane, and they have an all-star team on offense. So this isn't a team like a Derrick Henry in Tennessee where they have players, don't get me wrong, but when Derrick was, like, running the football and lining it up, like, it was Derrick. But the Niners, like, oh, they have, like, multiple running backs. They have Debo. They have Kittle, IU, Jennings, like, they have players I'm probably not even saying that have impact on touching the ball. So to me, it's C-Mac. Give it to him. NFL, this is the year to do it. No quarterbacks running away with it. I think uh, it's C-Mac, and we're going to see it down the road. He is a guy built for the heroics, built for the big moments. He wants it. He wants it. Trust me. I haven't talked to him about it, but I know he wants it, and uh, it means a lot to him. And I think he's going to go get it in these last three weeks because somebody's going to have to go get it. And I think it's really between the Niners, Purdy, and McCaffrey. I like Patrick's question. I'm going to follow up with a similar one. NFL Coach of the Year, Dan Campbell, Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryans, Kevin Stefanski. Oh, man. Who's going to be hot down the stretch? Right? If, like, D'Amico, I got I to gotta give you an answer, right? I'm on the show. If D'Amico and the Texans go on a nice little run here, it's probably him, right? Like, that's a big deal. Uh, Stefanski. I mean, Joe Flacco right off the, right off the couch. I mean, I'm on the couch training to get back in this league. I can't imagine going and playing quarterback. It's one thing to play tight end. Oh man. I mean, the Vikings. No, pr no pressure. Kevin just so you know, Colin, just so you know, we're betting on your answers as soon as you're done. So no pressure. <laughs> I would listen. I think Dan Campbell, what they did this year was expected. So I don't think, yes, I know they have the, he's got the best odds, but like they're, they were, they're a good team. Like that's over now. Steichen's great. I mean, what they've done with the Colts, like people are literally are like the Colts aren't going to win a game this year. And they're like beating good teams. Uh, my pick would probably be, I think, I think Kevin O'Connell, whatever people are going to say, the Vikings are probably going to get in the playoffs and he's all the way at the bottom of these odds. And who's been their quarterbacks, all people that are backups in this league and they're missing their best player. They are. To be fair, that's your boy because you did play for him for, I think, he, I know, uh, maybe a preseason, and you liked all him a backup, lot. All backup quarterbacks, you make the playoffs literally since, what, week four, Kirk's been out, and and Justin Jefferson's been out, and you're telling me the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. I think they started one and four. I, I think that's a fair yeah. argument. I'm going to give you my quick Stefanski argument. Fourth-string quarterback, two of them include P.J. Walker and D.T.R., I don't know if they should be coaching high school camps. That's my boy. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Let's <laughs> Sorry, do this. I know let's he's do, your guy. But hold on, let's do this. <laughs> Colin, Colin, can you do? Can you talk ball with us for one more segment? We'll just come back and talk. Continue. Okay, let's do that. Colin Thompson will continue talking ball. There's, we have so many questions as we jump into Week 16, including some backup quarterbacks and more. We'll continue with Colin Thompson right here on Sharp Money. Remember, you can find Colin on Twitter at Colin Thompson TU. Check out the podcast as well. We're back. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on 
on VSN, the sports betting network. Okay, the holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide right now. Plus, when you use the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, at checkout, you're going to get additional $30 off your orders. Great. Send tender, juicy, butcher-cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, jumbo Franks are even easy to prepare meals that are ready in a flash. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. OmahaSteaks.com has 50% off site-wide and save an additional $30 when you use the promo code VSIN. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Minimum order may be required. Sharp Money, we got you back. Colin Thompson joining us here. I'm Al Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, NFL tight end. You can hear him on SiriusXM's NFL radio. And make sure you check out the podcast, Not For Long Media, Colin Thompson Show. Tori Smith is there as well. And we just wanted to continue talking ball, so we appreciate you sticking around. You were talking about Minnesota, and that was a brutal. Listen, that was a crazy game in Cincinnati on Saturday. The games on Saturday, that that one to start it off was crazy. Cincinnati all of a sudden sticking around. But you brought up O'Connell because you were impressed with him. And I bring that up because, Colin, there's a, a question about Ben Johnson, and Ben Johnson calls a brilliant offense. It's almost like a dance the way he calls the offense in Detroit. And I know my friends with the Bears and this – Los Angeles Chargers, a lot of people are going to be asking for an interview with Ben Johnson. But there's a difference between calling good plays and becoming a head coach. Like, can you help us distill the difference between what makes somebody like O'Connell impressive as a head coach? Ross, point blank period. What blew me away from Coach O'Connell was, other than talking to the team and other than calling the plays – he just did a fantastic job of delegating. And I think some guys that, you know, may or may not call plays or whatever, right, they're just involved in a lot, which is healthy, which is good. But when you hire really good coordinators, like you've seen the impact of Brian Flores this year, like now you could say they had a better year the year before or what have you, but injuries and all that, like you got a head coach as your defensive coordinator. You know, they've had tons of experience on offensive coaching staff. He just he just delegates it. So when Coach Johnson gets a job, like if he can trust everybody in the building and delegate it out, then and that's hard to do, right? Like in any business, can you trust everybody you work with in a 150-person office building? Because from nutrition staff to the strength staff to the grounds crew to the owners, and owners play a big role in this thing, folks. Like if you have great owners, Every head coach wants to go there. So we'll see what happens. Coach Johnson probably won't get an interview. He's just going to get offered a blank check and say, what do you want in a lot of places? <laughs> like, let's be real. Like, if, why are we bringing him in for an interview? Like, just, I would just give him the job. Like, and No, you're so, dude, doing. you're so right. Because remember, he interviewed for jobs last year, and the Lions G'd him up. They gave him a big-time raise to stick around. And it's smart by him, right, Colin? Because he's 37 years old, take another year to learn, kind of. And then he'll have his pick. He can have Justin Herbert if he wants him. You know, he's got his pick this offseason. I always tell this story. Like, I use Coach Roll, for example, because I know him, or Kevin O'Connell. Like, All right, so Kevin obviously deserves to be head coach in the NFL times a million. But he came into a different situation than what Coach Rule came into Carolina, right? I believe Kirk Cousins was already in Minnesota. If he wasn't, they were going after him. 
you have Daniil Hunter. You have Justin Jefferson. You have a winning pedigree there. I think Zimmer in his last year was like 500. So, like, there's a winning culture there. Carolina, you got to recreate the whole thing. Good so, point. like, you see Dan Quinn turn down, like, the Jacksonville job last year. Like, these guys now are being a little bit more selective, I think, for before, where you just saw guys take the job. But now it's like, man, you want to sit back, relax a little bit, and figure out what's best for me my family and what's the best roster. Because you need you only have, like, two years to do it. If not, they're moving on from you. I like the way you presented about Kevin O'Connell. If you were a NFL general manager and owner, give me the one or two, or even a third criteria or characteristic you would say, this is imperative in the person that I'm bringing in to lead my football team. And you guys ask great questions. If I'm a, G, if I'm a GM owner, this is so imperative. Wow. I think I need to know your plan of how we can keep players upright throughout the season. Because injuries are catastrophic. Players are in the building less and less as we move forward. Less of an emphasis on OTAs, uh, training camp. Guys are doing hold-ins, you know, trying not to practice. Like, plus, they don't want to hurt anybody. Guys aren't playing in preseason games. We're, but we also need to play well, right? Like, guys aren't making tackles till later in the year. So it's like that great debate of that fine line of, like, are we healthy? Are we calloused? Or are we worn down? So that would be number one is like, how are you going to marry that up? I mean, there's so many ways to go about it. I, I don't know. I'm two and three, you know, who's your quarterback and then what's your line look like? Maybe how do we get those things figured out? But really great questions. But number one, most importantly is like players are in the building less and less as the CBA moves forward now and the world of football moves forward. It's become a just different thing. We don't hit in the off season. That's what I would try to figure out is how can you get everyone on the same page quickly with less people in the building? NFL tight end Colin Thompson joining us here. Sharp Money doing a great job. Uh, Drew Locke last night. Now, whether it's Drew Locke or, of course, Geno Smith headed to Tennessee. Seattle needs a win. They're sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. Give me your thoughts on Seattle headed to Tennessee to take on Levis and the Titans. It was cool to see Drew have that emotional moment after the game. I mean, I get it. Listen, this is a fantasy football world, and we remember Drew at Missouri, and he was a part of the trade for Russell, and we kind of are, like, unemotional with players. But, like, on a human being side – the sh he isn't what I think it was like 1400 days since he had like a game winning drive or something. And that's a big deal. And he was saying like, I'm asking myself, like if I'm still can do this at a high level. So props to him, his confidence is at a high. And when he was confident in Missouri, he was moving the thing around. So that's good for Seattle. They have two quarterbacks now. Hopefully Gino comes back. He's a stud play with him in giants. That guy's a pros pro. You see that because later in his career, he's had a ton yeah. of success. Um, yeah, I mean, Seattle's going to be rocking and rolling, right, and playing for something. Tennessee just got eliminated. What's Vrabel going to do this, you know, this year, offseason? There's a lot of kind of talk a little bit out of Tennessee there. So, yeah, Seattle's going to be rolling in Tennessee, man. Colin, I'm going to change gears on you a little bit. National Signing Day again tomorrow in high school football going into college. You played at Florida. It's an easy place, in my estimation, to recruit to. Been to that campus many, many times. But why are they missing the mark at UF right now in terms of getting guys in? They got a kid like yourself from probably Bucks County to come down to that warm weather. I don't, I mean, come on, man. I mean, there's plenty of co-eds. <laughs> what are we missing here? They would say to me, everyone would be like, what if Florida pay you? I'm like, pay me. It was like sunshine and like palm trees. And yeah, that's a good life. Uh, it's a great question. Listen, I think it's one of the best places to play in the country. I visited a lot of schools. I've talked to so many different players since I left Florida. And they booted me out for injuries, and I still think it's one of the best places to play in the country. 
the answer, man, I wish I, I wish I would have listened to my Gator Sports Talk radio today because there's some funny stuff on there. They're, they're, they should be killing it. They should be able to get any player they want in the state of Florida, but they're not. And now people are going down and poaching Florida hard. They always have, but it's a super competitive environment down there. I don't know. I'm happy they kept Billy Napier. Firing and hiring people constantly is not the answer in anywhere, I believe, unless it's really malpractice. And that's not what's happening there. So hopefully they've got some transfers, a good recruiting class. They stick with it, stay relevant. And he can build this thing over time because he's got a track record of success. Colin, right now the second best team in the NFL is whom? We obviously are going to put the 49ers over here. They've got an all-star team right now. But beyond the 49ers, who's next? It's Ravens. I think their culture in these games that matter in December, early January, their culture will win you football games. And I think with Lamar and how just slippery he is right now to tackle uh, and that home field advantage, the cold on the grass in Baltimore, like I said, I think they're built for it. I think they're built for it. To me, they're number two. I mean, obviously we're trying to figure out Dolphins are loaded on what they're doing what they look like week to week on the road, things like that. But I mean, Dolphins are a team to keep your eye on because everyone's kind of doubting them a little bit. No one's really bringing them up. But to me, it's the Ravens, Lamar, their coaching staff, and that culture there is really strong. Real, real quick, we got about 30 seconds remaining. Are you concerned at all about Lamar's postseason shortcomings? I'm not. I'm not. I think now with how that team's built, he still throws it the same. But he's just got some really good weapons and a lot of options now. Even the backup, third string, fullback, tight end, they got a lot of pieces now. So you're going to see him run a lot of the same stuff, but a little bit more options of wide out. So I'm not concerned about Lamar and the shortcomings of the playoffs. He's a leader. He's trending in the right direction, and he's playing well and showing that the contract's worth it for him. Okay, Colin. Colin Thompson, you can hear him tonight, 7 to 8 Eastern time on SiriusXM's NFL Radio. And, of course, check out Not For Long Media with the podcast as well. Colin Thompson to you on Twitter. Thank you, Colin. That was fun. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys. Enjoy it. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Colin Thompson, who is... You know what? We may see him on a roster pretty soon here. He's doing a great job, though, in the media right now. When we come back, our buddy Mike Randall, FTN, got a bunch of college basketball plays for tonight. And then we're going to have our buddy Adam Burke, top of the hour. Burke, bounced out of Survivor. We're bummed for our buddy, but he'll come on and discuss it. Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network, presented by DraftKings. Happy holidays as we welcome you back. Hour three. On this Tuesday, December 19th, Tuesdays mean Berkey Tuesdays. Adam Burke, our managing editor over at vsin.com, he joins us. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D, where they're dealing with some belligerent fans. Dustin Sweetelson's got a lot of fans, and one came today and was trying to get his attention, but he gracefully dealt with the dude. Now, Here's the thing. We've never had a guest on, and it's not a guest. He's our teammate, Adam Burke, actually doing the spot from a couch, a counseling couch. So he's going to lay down, and we're going to have a conversation. Adam Burke, of course, he and his buddy Spooky were on a roll in Circa Survivor, down to the final 13, the implied number. If you were holding a ticket left in Survivor, was right around $710,000, $715,000. They had the Titans, and... You were doing just fine, my friend. Everything was looking great. And then freaking all of a sudden in the second half, here comes Houston and Case Keenum. Let's talk about it. We'll get out of the way and let you discuss how you're feeling. Uh, first off, we're sorry we were pulling for you, but we'll throw up the tracking survivor list here over at VEASAN.com. How you feeling, my friend? I'm good. It's good to be with you guys. I'm not feeling any, <laughs> nice any shame, you. any disappointment, anything like that. No, look, I mean – it was a hell of a run. It was fun, to say the least. Um, you know, look, I mean, there's no margin for error in this contest. So, you know, whether you go out in week one or week 16, it just means you pick the wrong team for that week. And that's what we did, you know, here this past week. I mean, yeah, we got into a position where, you know, there were a lot of discussions being had, especially in terms of potential chops and, you know, what we wanted to do on our end. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of what we did, uh, you know, in terms of our equity and our implied value in it. But, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we took the Titans. We thought that they were a good play with the Texans and all the injuries that they had. And unfortunately, the Titans offense just didn't do anything in that game. Yeah, it was a game, Patrick, when you look back on it. I mean, 
the Browns were fortunate to win. We saw the Bengals were fortunate enough to win. Tennessee was really in control of that game. I had them in circa millions. I was really disappointed. I actually kind of checked that game as a victory. And I was like, all right, that's good. Give me off to a good start here in the final quarter contest. And unfortunately, it didn't materialize. So, okay. It, I mean, look. It's 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 it was kind of getting into game changing territory as far as the cash. Dustin Sweetelson had a theory as far as how you feel. So what I'd like for now, Dustin, is you to run by your little theory and see if Adam Burke agrees with you. Let's hear it. I think when people look at these situations, they go, "Oh my God, it looks like so much fun. My ticket's alive. I could potentially win a million or millions of dollars." I think my friend Adam Burke. I think I know him pretty well. We've shared many a beer together. Well, not the same beer. Not like Lady in the Tramp style, separate beers, but at the same table. Two straws, one glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody drink <laughs> beer with a straw? <laughs> um, and I know his vibe. And I know, every, see, I tried not to text him. But I know there are others who are less disciplined than I. It's a funny statement. Um, who were bothering him constantly about who are we going with? Who are we thinking about? Can you believe it's real? Can you believe you're still alive? And I know his personality. I think there is somewhat a sense of relief from Adam that they got knocked out and they don't have to worry about, one, a really weird chopping scenario with one guy who refuses to play ball with the group. And then, two, he no longer has to get text messages from people from all over just chiming in about what he's going to do with his survivor entry. Am I correct? Well, this will shock you guys with all the personality that I show on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. But, I mean, I don't like being the center of attention. And that was something that, you know, I mean, getting asked to do appearances on other shows, you know, certainly getting asked to do a lot of stuff here on VSIN as well, which, I mean, I work for them. I get it. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, it was one of those things where I'm not a center of attention guy. And all of a sudden you get thrust into that spotlight. And look, I mean, it, there was a little bit of uncomfortability to that situation. Also, look, I mean, when you get to this point, not only just talking about the money, but also kind of the notoriety that sort of comes with winning a contest of this magnitude, it does consume you. It, it is always in the back of your mind. It is always something that you, know, you are thinking about. Um Relief, I don't know if that's the word. I'm not exactly sure what the word is. And honestly, it's it's kind of a process to sort of go through and, you know, kind of realize where everything is. I mean, look, it's been less than 48 hours or basically about 48 hours. So, you know, there is that. But look, I mean, I, I think the worst part for me now is it's almost like, you know, you're with a girl and she leaves you and then you always see her with the other guy. Like working in this industry, I can't get away from it. I cannot decompress from what happened. I still have to have Circus Survivor front and center because it's, you know, part of what we talk about here with the contest show and all of that. To me, that's kind of the bigger thing I'm dealing with right now. I would just like to get away from it and distance myself from that contest and from the NFL as a whole at this point in time. But it not really a luxury that's afforded to me or, or anybody else who works in the industry. I love the points you made there. And just in case you weren't sure, we're going to bombard you with that for the next hour anyway. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Now, one of the questions I asked earlier is, though, is there an option, I don't know if you're aware or not, if somebody wins that they don't have to disclose publicly who they are in this contest, or is that part of the requirement on it? Because I know it's great publicity for Circa itself, but it's a lot of money, and there might be a lot of people that want to, as you alluded to, be private about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing is, you know, now that we got close enough to the point where we were discussing a chop, which, you know, the, the one guy was absolutely not in, and he's still not in, he's made that intention very clear. It's not like everybody else was in. I mean, there were other people that were kind of holding out 
Um, look, I mean, yeah, it, it's. It, I don't think it's exactly like the lottery where yeah. you can just you know decide not to be public. And definitely, you know, certain states have their own policies on that as well. But because this is such a big deal for Circa, I think it would be something that would be very, very challenging to do. So the strategy had been, Adam, up until this past weekend that you just avoided the games that you guys picked in Circa Survivor. Uh, like I mentioned, Tennessee was kind of in control of that game. I I'm curious, were you watching Titans-Texans or no? No. Nope, didn't watch it. I was watching the Browns win a game that they had no business at all winning. Uh, that that's how I spent my Sunday. I did that, and then uh, it's review time here at VEASAN, year-ends type stuff. So, you know, I was kind of going through and uh, doing a review of Mr. Zach Cohen, whose great work you can read over at VEASAN.com. I, I always keep myself busy on Sundays during the games. Ooh. I watch the Browns or I do work. Were you harder on Zach no. because Survivor wasn't going well? No, and again, I mean, look, I, one of the things I've kind of talked about here on the show and on other appearances and all that, I continue to operate under the premise that we hadn't won anything yet. So it's not like it was money taken out of my pocket necessarily. I mean, yeah, it was, it was. something that, you know, certainly would have loved to have had, obviously. But, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel like I kind of kept a pretty decent mindset about the whole thing. Am I pissed off? Absolutely. Am I disappointed? For sure. But, again, I just kind of operated on the idea that we hadn't won anything yet until we had. So, in some respects, I don't know, I guess that makes it a little bit easier to compartmentalize. You know, when you look at this contest as a whole, is there anything from a betting standpoint that you were able to kind of apply moving forward that you think is beneficial or something that you took away that you might change in how you approach not just a contest, but just maybe on a day-to-day -day basis or other things in the future? You know, I think it's kind of a challenging question because, you know, every NFL season is so unique, right? I mean, sure. this year has been dramatically different with the number of backup quarterbacks, third-string quarterbacks, hell, even fourth-string quarterbacks. So, you know, I think it just kind of illustrates how – you know, each season, each week, each game, each situation is very, very unique. And it's certainly different, you know, just trying to pick up straight up winner as opposed to picking against the spread or, or something like that. Um, I don't know. That's something that, you know, I, I like to reflect at the end of every season anyway, in terms of what I may try to do differently, maybe different stats I'll prioritize, stuff like that. I'm sure in due time, that's something that, you know, I, I will think about a little bit more. Um, but for now, just trying to sort of distance myself a little bit, you know, from the NFL side of things. Well, you're a great dude. You're much loved, beloved here at VEASAN. Consider you a friend, so we're sorry. We're going to stop pestering you with questions about Survivor now. We're going to get on to other things. But just know that we were all pulling for you as a team. So we're sorry that it didn't work out. But you'll get them next time, Berkey. You'll get them next time. And, hey. You and your wife, there's always a country show to see in town, so you're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, that was something that, uh, you know, to Dustin's point about maybe being relieved, you know, I mean, look, I we went to 11 concerts in 11 days during NFR out here, and it was tough at times, especially with the shows on the weekends, because you're sitting there thinking about the contest. It's, it's tough to kind of, you know, live in that moment where, you know, I kind of likened it to, you know, a show that you like to watch, you know, I'm not a binge watcher, but I like to watch shows, you know, every night of the week when I'm at home, something like that, which is why streaming is great. You have to wait an entire week on network TV and stuff like that. The Survivor kind of felt like that, where it was just like, you know what, I, I just want the next episode. I want to watch it and be done with it, or in my case, not watch it and just know what happens. Uh, so, you know, that was something that, that does kind of, you know, take your attention away from some other things. And again, I mean, the stakes that you're playing for, certainly understandable, but... Yeah, it is something that, 
you know, kind of going forward here. I mean, it's it's not something I have to stress over, be anxious about, anything like that. Wish it would have ended differently, but at the same time, you, you kind of get some measure, some portion of your life back. How's our buddy Spooky? How's your friend Spooky, your partner in crime there with Circa Survivor? Um... It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely hitting him pretty hard. Absolutely, there's no question about that. And look, I mean, you know, it is something you do end up putting a lot into. And you know, he was somebody who was kind of spearheading a lot of the discussions outside of making the pick as well. So I'm sure there's a little bit of extra disappointment that you know something kind of didn't come together ahead of time. Um, but you know, honestly, it's uh, kind of those we haven't really talked about it too much yet, and I'm sure that we will as as the days kind of go by. Okay. Well, that's it. One segment. I swear we're going to move on. And next year at this time, when it's a Berkey Tuesday, you're going to be still alive in Circa Survivor. I promise you. That's how sharp our buddy Adam Burke is. Nobody better. When we return, we'll get to what's happening over at vsin.com, including bowl previews for every bowl game. Plus, Adam's got a couple of college basketball plays for tonight. UTSA Marshall at a quarterback news in that bowl game. So it's all coming up with Adam Burke, vcin.com's managing editor here on Sharp Money. It's vcin, the sports betting network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.